Podcasting from the Space Coast in Florida, this is the Dadpreneur Podcast, where we'll feature entrepreneurs, share digital marketing strategies to help grow your business, and discuss the dynamics of family and business. Now your host, Alex Oliveira. Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today I have a very special guest, a friend of mine, uh, a, a, a partner, and we've partnered on so many different things in the community. And I've and she was also a mentor because she led the program when I was there at the Jim Moran Institute. Jennifer Kovach, welcome. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely, I'm so excited. You and I were chatting before the our our um, episode here and talking about the nonprofit versus for profit world. So I. While I bring on a lot of guests that are marketers, for-profit business leaders who are giving great advice, it's good. But I like this episode specifically because you run a nonprofit that helps for-profit and nonprofit businesses and veteran programs as well, which we'll talk about later. But so, Jennifer, you are the director of the South Florida uh, chapter, I would say chapter or location for Jim Moran Institute, right? Yes, yes. I... uh... I'm lucky to also be a native of South Florida. A lot of times if um, people hear about our organization, we're part of Florida State University. So they tend to think we're all based up in Tallahassee. And, and But no, our South Florida team is, is based here in South Florida day in and day out. And you said you're a South Florida native. I always like that little fact about you that your dad was also born in South Florida, right? In Fort Lauderdale. He was, yep. He as was well as your daughter. There. I was born here and my daughter was born here. And uh, I even made sure we were all born at the same hospital too. <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's rare because I feel like every day when we meet people in Florida, it's like they're from South, the North, wherever, but nobody's actually born in Florida. I, I love it. I've gotten to luckily travel quite a bit and live a couple other places. But for me, South Florida's home. And uh, my husband and I always joke, uh, everybody stays with their vacation to come here and we get to spend all day here or all yeah, day. I can, I can, I, I can definitely, uh, echo that thought. That's why we stay in Florida too. You know, even though it's like, we're starting hurricane season now. So I'm starting to hear people go, Oh man, I got to get prepared and put, the, I said, put the shutters up. There's, there's, there's no hurricanes yet. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh-huh. I, I like to put that a little bit in the back of my head and, and just kind of pretend it's not going to happen. Yeah. And it can, I mean, kind of leading us right into my next question about the pandemic, you know, and COVID that has certainly brought lots of challenges for all of us in business and our personal lives and everything in between. So how have you balanced that to, you know, running a program like JMI where you use, usually you depended on participants coming to classes in person. So you had to shift there, but I'm sure there were some challenges of working from home as well. Can you talk about that? Sure. Uh, Well, I think like a lot of people, our organization thought, well, okay, we're going to do this shutdown for maybe two weeks. Um, We've never done, at least in our programs here in South Florida, we've never done online education programs. All of our executive ed programs are in-person in our training room here in my office. And, and we just barely even had staff meetings that were ever virtual. So it was a big shift, but we, we were running programs. We, we were, uh, we have a nine week 
program that runs over five months. And so we're halfway through and we had three groups of small business leaders participating. And obviously this pandemic was, you know, shutdown was going to happen. And we really didn't feel like we could just say, okay, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, as you know, as you know, it just became even more intense for all small business owners during this time period. So I think, you know, at first we thought, oh, we're going to go, maybe some other people like, we'll take a little vacation for a week, but actually ours just, our work, you know, quadrupled just of how we can learn uh, how to do the virtual events, how we could teach our volunteers, such as you, our speakers, how to get in and do these virtual events and, and our participants, all our participants training. And, and then just for us, it was really how to stay abreast of all the resources and changes happening and any of our partners in the entrepreneur and nonprofit field, we were really trying to stay connected with them, having additional meetings to say, okay, who's doing what? And we would put emails out about that, just trying to keep everybody abreast as much as possible. We actually, even at JMI, we did some extra programming that we haven't done. Um, so like I said, our, I'm sure for a lot of people, their intensity of energy increased substantially on how to manage and support small business owners during this time period. Yeah. And I think it, it was one of those things where sometimes I, I'd be working from home in the past year and I had my little ones walk into the, the picture in like in an important meeting um, or the power goes out or the internet craps out yeah. on you or whatever. And I think one of the things is that we were all in it together. Exactly. So you, you could empathize with everyone regardless of their challenges, right? Like the technology isn't working. I can't get in. I can't share my screen. Um, and so that was a good thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think because we're all in it together, all the little things that you might've been worried about, like you said, your kid running in in a meeting or, or the, you know, being on mute, you're on mute, you're on mute. You <laughs> Still know. hearing that, right. <laughs> um, from the internet, I, we definitely changed internet here because we, we weren't getting the quality we needed to. So all those little intricacies, uh, I do have a little one and, and uh, it, it was definitely an adjustment to how to give her quality time. Cause every time I left the bedroom, she's like, are you done? Are you done? <laughs> and I just needed a break, right? We need our, our, our virtual meeting breaks. Cause it's so hard to sit in front of the camera and sit in your chair and intently watch a, a video or participate in a zoom. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I found myself often weeding. So I put on my headphones, not these, for my podcast, but the, just this, the wireless ones, you know, and I'd go get on a call and just start weeding while I'm on a call just to be outside. Right. And get some oh, vitamin right. D because yeah, you, I all day inside. And to your point, I tried, um, uh, soundproofing my office at home. Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> I tried, I, yeah, I tried all these different methods and, um, you know, you still need an office, right? For most of us, you still need an office. Our company is still doing everything virtually, but I know that at some point we'll go back to having at least like office meetings because the face-to-face -face is so important. And when I was thinking about you and the program and the sort of the, the, how it's so dynamic. And when I went through the program six years ago, I found that the face-to-face to be super valuable. Cause at that point I had done a few other um, similar type programs, not as intense as JMIs, but virtually. And I, I always felt like virtually I was multitasking. And when I went to the JMI SBEP program, 
being there with the other 20 plus uh, businesses and watching the speakers. And it's intense. It's not like a, you go two, three times. How many classes does the SBP have, by the way? We here in South Florida have nine days. And I think we have probably like 30 different sessions, whether it's a guest entrepreneur coming and sharing their story to, you know, a workshop training, you know, we have quite a bit of those. And then we do a couple activities and breakouts as well to kind of connect everybody. So it is pretty intense. But like you said earlier, I can't remember if we were chatting about that earlier or not. Um, it's about working on your business uh, because whether you're you run your own business or not, you're constantly being inundated with like little fires or just emails and calls and tasks. And you're just always just kind of in that hamster wheel. Just yeah. keep, keep going, keep going. And uh, our program really helps you break away and say, I want to do something different. I want to focus on something more with my organization. And we're kind of that, uh, that aspect that you can do that. You have set aside time. You have a couple action plans you're going to put together for us. And, and obviously, you know, you have the great benefit of getting the education from us as well as the peers with your other business leaders in the room. So it's, it's been a, a really great, uh, program. And the small, so it's the small business executive program. Then you have the nonprofit and you guys have the rise, which is for veterans, right? Right. So yeah, small business executive program. And do you mind if I take a second and share? Tell us about it. How do you apply? What's the major benefit? Because that's really what I want the audience to listen. You know, our listeners are the type of companies and leaders who want to grow and scale their business. Right. And so I try to bring on leaders like yourself who are giving them tools, resources, and the SBP to me is like one of the best. So please tell us. (laughs) All right. So, um, it's for the existing business owner or existing business. So we want to have someone who's had their business for at least five years or more and with um, preferably five or more employees. We make some accommodations. They can be part-time, full-time or contractual, but part of that is being able to step away from your organization. And if you're at such a small, small level of employees, um, it's hard for you to delegate enough work to be able to you know, delegate your work and come in because so much is relying on you as the owner. You wear all those hats. And then um, with five years in business, you have enough experience under your belt to be able to speak to um, what's working, what's not working, uh, as well as not also being so early in the startup phase that you, you really can't take a few days or hours away from your business. Everything's integral. And is that the right word? Yeah, but, that's the right word. But, yeah. I, but I think you're right because there's a big difference because I get a, also a lot of startups that listen to this podcast and come to us even for digital marketing products. And startups is a completely different makeup. So like what you're saying about how you guys are very selective of being in business for over five years, there's a certain number of things that that business owner um, evolution. And that's the beginning. That's like kind of the startup point. We, we have businesses that we don't have a cutoff. So we definitely have businesses that come in that have been 20 years in business, even 30. And mm-hmm. it just depends on where they are in their, their stage of their business. Some people are looking to grow. That's what I love about it. We aren't dictating what your path forward is. We're just giving you some really great information to help you map out your business model, truly understand it 
and then come up with action plan steps of what you want to go forth on. And some people want to sell their business in five years. Some people want to get a partner. Some people are like, eh, I'm done all together. Um, and then some people are just super excited. Just they don't need, necessarily need to grow. They just want to create better efficiencies and ways to manage their business so that they could go take a couple more vacations or even one vacation for the first time in years. So it's, it's all a personal choice, but we bring that, um, the key aspects of managing, managing a business, but from the perspective of, of already running a business that we're not doing the 101, how to do something, or when you get a customer one day, here's what you're going to do. It's what's happening now. And where do you want to go forward? And, and I, lo I love the business. Can you talk also about the business model canvas? Cause that's when I got to know the business model canvas. And I've used it not only for my own ongoing business plan and strategic um, initiatives, I use it even in marketing campaigns and how if I'm launching a new product for a client, hey, let's do this really quick, what I call the napkin business plan. Yes. Um, well, I can't take credit for it. It's uh, by put out by Strategizer and Alex Osterwalder. Sure, uh, sure. But um, it's a tool we use and we've used it now for about, uh, eight, eight or nine years. And we really like it because like you said, it gives you uh, kind of nine key building blocks of every organization. And, and then it has, they have a connection, a relationship. And so the canvas allows you to kind of map it out on a one pager. Uh, and I call it, get that bird's eye view and then hopefully get your team and your leadership team and even your, you know, direct line, direct service staff all on the same page. If you can use that tool to map your current business out. And then as, as you said, you can use it to map a new project out to map an extension or expansion plan. Uh, so it, it's a really neat tool and you can kind of use it for one product or you could use it for your whole company or one department. It, it has a lot of versatility to it. Uh, what about the other benefits of the at the Jim Moran Institute? And, and I would say one of the biggest benefits that I got was the relationships that I built, even in that class. I still have some friends from that class that we either did business with one another um, or we just stayed, whether it was the peer-to-peer -peer group, which was something I was yeah. part of for many years. So there are other benefits beyond that, just the program, right? Right, right. I I know it's just me sentimental. I like to create a family. Once you're with JMI, you're part of our JMI family. So we um, have a peer to peer group. If, if a business owner who graduates from the program uh, is so inclined and wants to continue on being a part of JMI, we have a peer to peer group where we get together once a month with about 12 to 15 other CEOs. And we talk about a challenge or issue or opportunity one of you or two of you are having. And as a group, we address it. And then the key takeaway from that program is if you um, share anything in the, in, the, in the exchange, it only has to be from experience. So if we're talking about, I'm looking to sell my business, you have to have sold your business before or considered it and how that process went. So if you haven't had that experience, you just say, I'll take a pass. I don't have that experience. And then, so you're really just gaining that information from each other. It really gives that great exchange. And, um, well, I can attest to that because I can't tell you how many times, whether it was you or Claude, um, uh, John, I mean, the whole team, you guys had different people step in at different times where, I I'm opinionated. I like to talk. So sometimes you go into, Oh, and 
Alex, in my experience, not, well, I think, well, I yeah. believe, no, no, no. It, is it in your experience? No. Okay, cool. So yeah. I, I found it very valuable. What, what, what I explained to my team when I was going to the peer to peer group was that this was a replacement for, um, our board. So we had a board at one point as we were growing, uh, we had, I think at the time when we entered your program, we have about 40, uh, no, 35 employees. It was at that time. And we were switching to mostly virtual and mostly contractors where today we're 10 employees, whereas then we were nearly right. 40, but I needed a board and I was paying a board of, you know, uh, really business leaders and a couple of business coaches, which it was great. But when I found the peer-to-peer -peer group, for me, it really replaced the need for having the board. And I always look forward to going there and kind of airing out my, my sort of issues that I was yeah. having, whether it was with employees or customers. And I knew that I could count on solid advice and also the privacy because it felt right. very, very much like the board that I had. Yeah. And, and I love our small business executive program and nonprofit executive program, but many of our graduates uh, just, just speak as positively as you do about our peer-to-peer -peer groups because it really lets you get much more into the details of your organization and sharing and learning and growing together, where our executive program has a lot more education component, component focused as well as sharing and growing, but where the peer-to-peer -peer is really just talking about each other's challenges and opportunities and learning from each other. And you guys always had good food that I can attest to whether <laughs> it was Panera bread or whatever it was. Yeah. We and have a couple of great business owners that bring food to the, to the table. So. We'll talk about that because, you know, when you guys put on your events and I've experienced you guys for six years across probably who knows hundreds of events, maybe because you have the socials and you have the, the, the conferences <laughs> And one thing that I can really say about your organization is that when you guys put on events, even like the classes and the peer-to-peer -peer groups, it's like a package. You, you address every aspect, right? Like the setting, the organizational aspect of it from like registering. Um, and one, one key takeaway that I have with my experience with JMI that I often talk to clients about, which I think partly comes from the Jim Moran organization themselves, as well as FSU, is that you guys really have amazing customer service. So I'd like for you to talk about customer service. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's just integral to uh, Mr. Moran's philosophy. Uh, he's our founding donor and founder of our institute. Uh, if people aren't aware, very successful entrepreneur in the community. Uh, his business uh, is very successful, Jay and Family, and his foundation, Jim Moran Foundation. So we've been blessed uh, that he found uh, entrepreneurship so important to share with the world and created the Jim Moran Institute at Florida State University. And, and we've been up and running now 26 years and been able to, you know, now in the last probably 10 years, expand across the state and and it's just allowed us to continue to serve more, more leaders in the community. And I think that customer service philosophy, I feel is, you know, a combination of treat people how you want to be treated. Um, you know, I know how valuable 
our leaders time is how much they're stepping away from things that are so important to them obviously running their organization that to come to our events or our programs is so key and we have to make sure it's it's absolutely worth your time and you get so much out of it and of course you know we want to make sure that you're happy when you're here too so um, <laughs> yeah the socials are great there's always good food good drinks but i think it's really the like i said the full package that you guys go beyond the customer service and it's a, a really an experience so i think for a lot of the businesses that I've talked to over the years, as I came in and was a, a one of the speakers, you talk to the businesses and they're like, oh, okay, JMI, they eat their own dog food too, right? They don't just bring on people and tell you to do these things. They actually do it. And I, as a business owner, can tell you for one, that it's very hard to do because I can tell my clients to do certain things, but I don't always do it. And I, I'm giving you a small example. I might say to a client, like, look, you want to generate more leads and grow your business. You need to, let's say, update your website on a regular basis. Very basic thing so that your customers can have a better experience. Meanwhile, I'll get called out. A yeah. customer will say, wait a minute, your website isn't all that great. And I say, I know. We updated it last year and now it's time to do it again. So it's a yearly thing. But I sometimes... Um, get get caught into that where you're telling them to do something and you're not doing it. And I just say like uh, it, working with you guys has always been great because you lead by example. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So talk to us about a theme that you saw during COVID and now as the new applicants come in, what are like the biggest challenges that small businesses are having these days? Well, I would say, we, you know, even though we have some structure and process of through our programs, for sure, I think we tried to be really flexible um, and and let some dialogue of what was going on in current affairs kind of interrupt, like, you know, like if you were talking to marketing, we're like, oh, no, we got to stick, stick to the schedule and this is the topic. You know, we just tried to be a little more flexible this last year and a half. And if we were going to talk about PPP loans or, um layoffs or resources or, um, you know, staff closing down their offices and not renewing leases. We just kind of try to stay really open to the dialogue of what was going on. We did hold a couple what we called peer exchanges, not peer groups, but exchanges where we brought people from all over uh, to come together and just have the opportunity to share and talk about issues that maybe because we were in a pandemic and lockdown that we weren't able to connect and talk to uh, other business owners as easy. So we tried to have a couple of those avenues. Um, right now, I would say uh, in the last couple of weeks, my conversations have been around uh, potential inflation and uh, products or goods that they can't get in, you know, to be able to deliver their products or goods, uh, you know, just challenges for those. Uh, definitely getting employees to come back to work, uh, potentially re remodeling how they had those positions. So they're potentially hybrid now instead of in person uh, and being a little more flexible. Um, still looking at those financial opportunities that and resources that are coming through as well. Um, but luckily, I feel like in the last six months, there's a lot, a lot more positivity coming back uh, in conversations, businesses picking up, and uh, and uh, it's been nice to be able to 
you know, you, when people talk about their stress, it's just natural to take on your, their stress too a little. And so it's good to hear that people are starting to do a little better businesses and nonprofits are businesses picking up. <laughs> yeah. And I can echo that. I've been talking with many clients around the country. Um, there's usually two schools of thoughts with the time that we're in right now, getting into June really is that either a, they've, they've sort of figured out how to get past COVID and survive their business. Um, or they're, they're gone. I unfortunately had many clients who just closed down and said, forget it. Um, but the ones that survived, what I'm hearing is mostly I, it's not that I don't want to grow right now, but I'm not going to put my foot on the gas because it's summer. So my kids are out of school. I need a break. I'm just excited to get out and see friends and family and go out to eat to the movies. And I'm finding that a lot of the training corporate training that I do, these partnerships that I have with organizations, they're not being able to sign up businesses, even though summers are usually slower to begin with for upskilling and getting, you know, more skills for professionals in my areas, digital marketing, they understand the need for digital marketing, but they're saying, you know what? We've been through the ringer over the last 15 months. I need a break. And the summer is the perfect time to take a break. So what I'm hearing from businesses is it's like, you know, come August, September, I'll put my foot on the gas again. But right now, Alex, I need a break. And I get that because I feel the same way, right? I've been going, going, going. You talked about that, Jennifer, how you guys haven't stopped. So I feel like, yeah, the summer is a perfect, like, time to to say you know what i'm gonna just take time to um enjoy the family enjoy the beach we live in the vacation spot right um so are you hearing any of that too um because do you guys do programs in the summer or no yeah uh the only thing we do here as not only but jmi does a big conference in the summer so of course last year we you know went virtual and kind of modified Know it to more of a webinar series, but this year we decided to go full steam ahead and do our conference in Orlando. It's a leadership and, conference, right? Yes, so it's a small business leadership conference open to you know anyone to come, doesn't matter what stage of business. And but I like it because it does stay at a resort and it's in obviously Orlando, so we've been able to kind of always make it one of those family business trips. <laughs> so, yeah. um so we're keeping busy with that. And I'm happy to share that registration for that has been um, higher than years past. So I think people, like you said, are ready to travel, ready to get out. Um, and and so people are making it a, a little bit of a combo. Um, well, I, th I, I think you guys definitely set it up that way. The, the, the corporate training that I'm talking about is pretty dry. It's usually, you know, in the <laughs> uh, like a, a small room in a hotel or at their own company location. And it's just learning, right? Like learning, which right now people are just like, Hey, I just want to get out and have a good time. But I think you're right about the conference in Orlando. I hadn't thought about that, that years past when I went to the small business conference there, um, I always took the kids and the family and there's that lazy river. Yeah. Um, it's just a great resort. So you kind of do both. Yeah. I'm excited. We're, we're extending the, the weekend, you know, trip, making it a staycation type of thing. So it'll be and where good. Did they, where do they find out about the conference, Jennifer? Because I know it's not on the JMI website, right? It is under the JMI website. Oh, it uh, is. JMI.fsu.edu. Um, but if you look under programs, there's small business uh, leadership conference there, or you can just look up JMI conference. 
jmichaelthomas.com. jmichaelthomas.com. Okay. And the, the type of tracks or sessions that you guys have speakers, oh. what, what's it all about? We have a variety. We like to cover like leadership, customer service, marketing, uh, finance, you know, getting more funding for your business. And, and so you have, I think we have five breakout sessions tracks. So you can kind of go out multiple times to get picked different workshops. And then of course we always have the keynote breakfast and lunch and quite a few receptions. The one thing I, I don't know why, and you can probably tell me why, and maybe it's just the customer service, but I feel like any JMI event for me is always, people are just super excited about networking. And I know other times you kind of get in kind of clicks and you stay sometimes in your little zone, but I've just found as people have become more and more involved with JMI, they, people are coming there because they want to connect. And so there's just like this, you turn to someone who doesn't look like they're talking to you and you're like, Hey, come on over, join us and, you know, chit chat. So that's, I think JMI events are really nice too, in that way that it's just really warm and welcoming and yeah. And, and, you know, maybe there's sales, but not really. It's just no, like, they're, to know each other thing. But that's exactly what I was going to tell you. You know, I mean, I've done, I've put on conferences. We put on a bunch of small digital conferences, a hundred to 200 people. And typically it's just about teaching that that's yeah. really the only goal you teach. Sure. You go and you network, but there's no selling. And that's typically the feedback that I got from those um, uh, attendees. Actually, we were supposed to do it last year at Boca Black Box. Uh, same thing pandemic came and we're still planning on doing one, but it won't be this year. It'll be next year. But with your events, I think unlike to pick on the chamber here, I love the chambers, whether it's the Boca, the Ray Hollywood, there's a lot of great chambers and certainly around the country. The thing about the chambers is that most of them, you do have certain clicks. Like you have the people who've been around the chamber for a long time and they pick their groups to network with and that's it. And then there's the, the transient businesses that kind of come in and out. Um, and this is not me saying that this is all the leaders at the different chambers that will share that with me as well and say, yeah, it's kind of tough because there's like people join a chamber because they want to grow their business, right? They want to know about public affairs and, you know, business and this and that, but sometimes they come with the wrong intentions and they want to just sell, 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 sell. And that doesn't really happen with JMI because I think that most, maybe it's because you guys are nonprofit. Now the chambers are nonprofit too, but they more function <laughs> like a for-profit. Yeah. And with JMI, it's like, you guys have this funding from the Jim Moran Institute. And then of course at FSU. So maybe there's this academic learn and grow because I've never felt like I was sold with the, and I know literally hundreds of businesses that went through your program and I stay in touch with many of them. I've never felt the need to sell them. Like if you like something that I'm doing and you want to talk and have a sort of discovery call, let's do it. But I've never felt the need to sell them. Um, whereas certain conferences that I go to around the country, I know that's our goal. We're getting a booth. We're going to sell. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's it. It's just yeah. the expectation. Yeah. I think that's, that must be it. Cause it's, it's that underlying we're just here to connect and collaborate. And, you know, the nice thing is, which we all know that kind of, that tagline is you do business with who you know. So just by getting to know each other, you naturally find if there's a connection or not, but sure. I like that. What about, talk about real quickly your, 
you guys have been really good at forming strategic or channel partnerships with chambers, with other organizations. And I think it's something that small businesses typically don't do well. You know, um, they don't think outside the box of their target audience, right? So like for you guys, if you do a strategic partnership with a chamber, for example, like the chamber is not your client, but their audience may be. So yeah. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, one of my colleagues in North Florida, you know, found there was some kind of just, I don't know, he used the word silos of organizations, you know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing and, you know, hey, let's get together and see if we can collaborate type of thing. And we end up forming uh, what was called the Alliance of Entrepreneur Resource Organizations. And there's not a, you know, a formal entity, you know, we didn't fill out any paperwork or anything. Um, there's no dues, but it's just really an industry group. Uh, everybody who works with small business owners in an educational manner of training entrepreneurs. And so we, we started that here in South Florida too. And we meet monthly and it's just been so nice because it's that nice Rolodex of people you need to be able to call when you're like, hey, I have this client who has this issue. Let me refer you. Uh, we've created a website. It's South Florida Biz biz.org and it has just all of our uh just information on all of our organizations because not all of us serve you know i already spoke about i serve a very unique niche of existing business owners and existing nonprofit leaders uh, so i don't always can't always touch everybody who i come in touch contact with but by being in those strategic relationships with you know, an organization called SCORE or an organization, Small Business Development Center or our, our Broward College or NOVA, by having those collaborations, we just kind of in instinctively know you'd be better suited for this organization or, or have you heard about this coming up? Uh, so it's been really great. And we always kind of, I scratch your back, you scratch your, my back when they have an event coming up, want to spread the word. And, uh, and we do have probably four or five chamber memberships as well. I uh, would love to be in, you know, all the chambers, but I think as you know, with a chamber, you gotta, if you're going to be a part of it, you need to really be able to give time and energy to it. And uh, I'm really happy that many of them are, uh, are starting to do in-person events now. So we can get out and network and collaborate even further. So that's been fun. Yeah. And I think it's great for your brand, obviously the programs that you guys are putting out there, and I often tell the small businesses, like it doesn't have to be a chamber, but you do need to get out in the community. While I do digital marketing, um, lead gen, help drive traffic, there's a whole, you know, segment of the population that doesn't, they, they don't start their journey of buying products online. Now, most do at the research phase, but still at the end of the day, it's relationships. And yeah. if you go out there and you build those relationships, it's way more powerful than digital, which is kind of gets back to what we were talking about as far as your program, my events. I can't wait until we get back to face-to-face -face fully because that just adds another human-to-human -human experience that you cannot get online. Now, you and I know each other. We've, I mean, we've done dozens of, of classes have been in the same setting probably hundreds of times. So we really know each other, but it's different when you're trying to get to know someone. Like I have clients right now that we brought on since the pandemic that I've never met face to face. 
and um, you know, you, yeah. you feel like there's something missing. We we've definitely been transitioning. Obviously, we had to go virtual mid mid program, and then um, we had hopes in the fall, like many people last fall, which is crazy, last fall, um, to reopen in person again. But we just really had to slowly phase it in as as technology too. You had to find the the different equipment, spacing, all the things you need to do. It's it's not just so easy just open your door, come back. There's a lot of a lot of tech, uh, technical things you have to do to reopen in person. And, uh, but we, we offered a hybrid where half the people, if they were interested, could come in and sat in the classroom and half could be online and simultaneously be receiving the information. And I think that's what uh, we've just been trying to do the last few, last year or so is just meet, meet our clients where they are. You know, people are I like that. You know are very at very different places some people are um you know only want to do virtual and some people were like i can't learn virtual i need to come back in person and so we just we said okay we're going to do half offer half you know both and then you know but on the behind the scenes that takes a lot of extra work and effort but you know that's i feel like that's why we're here you know that's right that's well and i experienced it and it's again just kind of back to there's, we're all in this together. So when I went to your last session, I think it was half the class was uh, virtual and half were in class and they were both asking questions, which was great engagement. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like I felt like, oh, this was just horrible because I couldn't hear this one as well as I could if I was in person. It kind of goes without saying that I would prefer to be in person and probably everyone else too. Yeah. But I think we've already been conditioned over a year right? It's been over a year uh, to just be mindful that uh, things are still a little bit uh, wonky until we get out of this, you know? Absolutely. Um, so it's been a good experience though. And I think, um, you know, business leaders are just appreciative of all the resources that are here in the community and the help that's available. And if they don't know about it, definitely feel free to reach out to me and and what connect them and what is the best way for them to connect with you jennifer uh they can email me j kovach which is hard to spell but not too hard it's j k o v as in victor a c h at fsu.edu or they can find me at the jmi website and that's jmi.fsu.edu and uh i can give my phone number too 954 228 and when does the next um, application sort of window come out or the next cohort? Yeah, so we, we kind of run a little bit ahead, uh, just helps us get everything organized and pre prepared for everybody. So we're taking applications right now. Um, they're due September 30th okay. for any of our programs, for our nonprofit executive program and small business executive program. There we offer the programs in Palm Beach County and Broward County. Um, of course, if you're interested in any of our other locations across the state, I would definitely just visit our website, but we offer the programs in uh, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, Tampa, and we're going to soon be offering it in Orlando. Um, and we don't uh, have restrictions per se. Um, you have to live in Broward County or Palm Beach County to be a part of the program. So we've, I've had people from Miami-Dade for sure. Before we had uh, locations across the state, I had people driving from Tampa or Naples. 
So, um, you know, if you're a good fit for the program and you're willing to make the trip, you know, we, we definitely try to make accommodations. And so that application deadline, once again, is September 30th, but that's to start in January, 2022. Okay. So, um, we our next class that is participating right now, we've already selected starts in July. So obviously that's a little too soon to get apply for that because we've already selected everybody for that. But, um, and we offer the programs twice a year. So we offer it January through May, and then again, July through November. So I like that um, if you have a certain business cycle that's super busy, uh, then you can apply for, you know, to be in, you know, the program that's in one of those sessions that's a little less burdensome for you. And then the only other thing is I don't have any inclination of stopping the program. So if you're like, it's not for me this year, uh, or I'm not five years in business, uh, just keep us on your radar. And when you're ready, you know, give us a call or apply and we'll be happy to work with you. Well, I remember I initially applied, I think 2013 or 14, whatever year it was. And I did get selected. I was like, Hey, what's going on? I'm perfect for this. Yeah. Um, and, um, anyways, the following year I applied again and then I got in, you know, and it's just, it, the, these programs are so important for businesses. I can't tell you, I was always telling small businesses, whether it's in the area of finance or HR or whatever marketing you as a business owner in today's economy, it's so important for you to stay ahead of the curve because technology touches all those pillars of business. And if you're a leader and you're like, Hey, I learned that I forgot it or I forget it. I'm good. Cause I delegate it to people. But if, if you're not out there learning what's new and what's working, how's your staff supposed to, you know, how can you expect that they are going to go out and get the skills because it is changing. And, you know, you could see industries like the, the Ubers, the Airbnbs, like all these industries that 10 years ago, if you ask the smartest business people in the world, are those companies going to be gone, right? Taken over by the Netflixes or whatever that they, they would have all said, no, absolutely not. Cause those other companies have been around forever. But what did those businesses do that completely, in some cases, got rid of an entire industry and replaced by tech. You know, I'm seeing that happen in real estate right now. You know, um, a realtor is going to be gone. No, car salespeople, no. But AI and technology is changing and it's changing so fast. And the only way to really stay ahead and make sure that your company is innovative is, in my opinion, is how I've done it over the last 10 years, is to every year I, I enter into a program, whatever it is, whatever area of business to become a better business leader, you know, so. Well, I think too, like you spoke to, um, you have to make the decision that you want to change or make improvements in your organization. Um, I find, I don't know about you, when I, some people, they work out good on their own. I need a, a program that starts at a certain time that has a wait list. So if I don't, if I don't sign up, I'm going to get, you know, I won't get in. So there's like structure and commitment. Um, some people like to exercise with a buddy. So they hold each other accountable. That's kind of how I think of this program is, you know, if you sign up for, it, you know, we're going to, you know, give you the best information really help hold you accountable to the goals you want to accomplish. And, and, and then the other part is it, it, it's just time to free your mind 
do you you know that part about what if you're always just in the grind you know how can you innovate because you never allow your mind freedom to think and explore and you may have be a big guru like you in marketing but you could still through sit through a marketing workshop oh, and totally actually get two or three great ideas that may not have anything to do with marketing but you were out of the daily grind and able to just be in the room thinking about marketing and thinking about your business in a different way yeah and i think you guys do so many things i i'm thinking back to um that one of the classes that you guys have maybe it's halfway through the semester where you do the team building you yeah. go out to the you know, you know scale the walls and are you still doing that yes i'm a big fan of that <laughs> yeah so like um, yeah that, that you you couldn't do that it's almost like a mini retreat right yeah so we do a couple hours and we work with uh when we're in broward county we work with broward college over at tiger tail lake uh at their their Tiger Trail Lake Center. And then um, we work with uh, FAU and Palm Beach County, and they each have like a ropes course. And then they have team building facilitators that have nothing to do with ropes course. They just do some really great activities to build um, rapport and, and relationships and, you know, just make you think outside the box and, you know, in, get insight in how your leadership style is. Yeah, awesome. Well, as we kind of round out the hour here, Jennifer, I wanted to ask you, so you are a Florida native. If someone is coming to Florida, you know, well, maybe they go to Orlando this summer for the <laughs> leadership conference, but if it's just for vacation, what's your favorite spot in Florida? Gosh, she's going to say Fort Lauderdale because she's a Fort Lauderdale native. Well, they may not be able to find this on the map, but if you're a native, you know, it, it's called Whiskey Creek. It's uh, in Dania Beach, uh, John U. Lloyd Park. I know they recently changed the name, so excuse me, I apologize. But it's this really neat place where you can, it's a public state uh, federal park where you can go and one side's the beach and one side's the intercoastal and you can kind of kayak, canoe. And that's one of my favorite places, so. That is a great spot. I mean, pretty much anywhere in South Florida is awesome aside from the traffic. But, you know, what I've worked with a guy back, um, I was at Home Depot for about a year before I started this business. And so it was 2009 or 10. And this guy um, told me that, because he was a driver, private driver, like, you know, like, kind of like Uber driver. And he said, you know, in the Fort Lauderdale airport, they have monkeys. Yeah. Right, right around, which used to be uh, that park. And I said, what? And I couldn't believe him because I had been in Fort Lauderdale. I'd lived in Fort Lauderdale for five years, um, right by the airport too. And I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. And I, and my wife and I went out there and yes, there are monkeys there, <laughs> which most people would not know. I, I don't know if the yeah. monkeys are still there, but they just kind of, so, yeah. they roam free by the marinas. So it, it's, there's lots of little, you know, secret cool places in the South Florida area. So yeah, I, I think it's a blast. Well, good. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us uh -huh. on the Badpreneur podcast. And, <laughs> you know, I will put all the links to the program, to your LinkedIn. And if anyone oh, thanks, wants to connect with you, they can. But thank you. Oh, my pleasure. It was so much fun. And it was good to see you virtually. And I look forward to the next in-person one soon. Same here. That's it for the Dadpreneur Podcast with Alex Oliveira. Like what you heard? Leave us a review. 
If you have questions, email us at listener at dadpreneur.co. You may also visit dadpreneur.co for free resources.